and welcome to the Three Plain Sports Podcast. Just three plain guys from the Great Plains talking a lot of sports, some sports betting, and maybe doing a little drinking along the way. I am your host, producer Dylan, joined by two guys weirdly judgmental about the title Doctor. First, currently in an armed standoff with police, religious listener of Kirk Gibson and Patrick Mazika's new best friend, Colin. Good evening. Finally, Deeply invested in former Nebraska ball NBA prospects, Lance Lynn's worst nightmare, and Bob Huggins' new chauffeur, Sam. Thank you, Dylan. Uh, we are recording this on Thursday, June 29th. We took a took a week off because we didn't have uh, as much last week as we wanted to talk about, and also we're just really busy. So uh, let's let's hop right into the pregame news segment. So this is one that we've had. Uh, <laughs> Maybe three episodes in a row. Uh, the Alex Manoa, sorry, fuck, Alec Manoa saga continues. Jesus Christ! Uh, last we heard from him, he was being uh, transferred down to the Florida Complex League, which is a, a rookie league, typically for like non-college draftees, the so guys who are drafted out of uh, out of high school or, or maybe younger guys who come from uh, Latin America. But uh, he. Uh, you want to hear the stat line? You guys already know this one because we talked about it a little bit. But, Remind uh, me. He allowed 11 earned runs in two and two-thirds innings in the Florida Complex League. That's, that's uh, That adds up out of 10 hits, two home runs, and two walks against uh, basically a bunch of 17- to 19-year-olds. Not ideal. Not ideal for a guy who was what top five, maybe top three in Cy Young last year. Uh, he's a Cy Young finalist, right? That's what they. I uh, think. Yeah, I mean, God, that's gonna be top awful. five probably. But oh, I had so, uh, I might I might have closed that tab, but basically I had a tab where like the co- the manager of this complex league team was like, well, you know, the stat line's not what you wanted to see, but, you know, he's showing a lot of poise and confidence, and we think the Blue Jays are, are going to, you know, be willing to work with him to get him back. It's like, bullshit. <laughs> That's, like, that is the stat line of a guy who has no business being on, on a mound at all. He's obviously, like, lost his shit. I mean, you know, you can, always, you can always find it back, but I can't imagine the Florida Complex League has a whole, has, like, a pitching lab where he can go figure out his fucking spin rates and shit. So I can't imagine he's getting much better here, and it doesn't seem like the uh, confidence boost is working. He finished above Otani and Cy Young last year. He was third. So do you think, did he spend, I, I didn't look any of this up, did he spend any time, meaningful time in the minors? Like as a prospect, I'm, yeah. I'm not certain, but I mean, I'd imagine he spent at least a little chunk. But it's it's pretty damn rare that you have have anybody get fast tracked, especially a pitcher, really, like a starting pitcher. Right. So so the theory is okay. The 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 pitch clock's fucking with him this year, but theoretically, he should have had enough exposure in uh, in the minors with the pitch clock to at least know what to expect, right? Or do you think the pressure plus the pitch clock gets to him in the majors? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, possible. man. Everyone's catching up to him this year after he, you know, it's that, you know, the t- game catches up to you after your little stint of being real good as a rookie, potentially. Along with, obviously, it could be uh, pitch clock stuff. He, I'm trying, to lo- I'm trying to look at minor league stats, and it looks like he had nine games 
if I'm looking at this right, he pitched nine games in minor leagues. He pitched uh, low A in 2019 um, after leaving West Virginia, and then he pitched in triple A in 2021 for three games before he came up to Toronto that year. Also, maybe maybe he didn't have a whole lot of uh, exposure in, like, high A ball, you know, with the pitch clock. So, yeah, it sounds like, it seems to me like just that's getting to him. And he hasn't been able to shake it in this, um, I guess you call this a rehab assignment. I don't know what else. Not not like a physical rehab assignment, more of a mental one. But uh, seems like the bigger fellas are struggling this year, and maybe the pitch clock's part of it. Maybe it isn't. Well, they don't they don't have time to scarf down that comfort Twinkie in between pitches or in between batters. <laughs> How's that working out for Lance Lynn, Sam? Uh, hey, he, he pulled it together today and managed to only give up five runs by the time it was all said and done, so really a big <laughs> step forward for old Lance today. Uh, I feel like he maybe I could be wrong. I feel like he works fast though, like historically. So I'm not sure with him. It's the pitch clock. I don't know about Manoa, but I think unfortunately with Lance Lynn, he is just washed and shitty, and it's, it's unfortunately maybe not much deeper than that. Well, uh, apparently less washed, washed and shitty than uh, Adam Wayne Wainwright, who gave up six earned runs in the first two innings. <laughs> yep, couple of Going. former uh, world champion St. Louis Cardinals. After, uh, after better days behind seven. them. After well, giving up seven over in London this last week, yep. as I got chastised for calling him washed <laughs> because reading comprehension uh, struggled on on one person, and then I got assaulted for being a Cubs fan. Uh, so, but on in, in contrast uh, of the struggles of certain pitchers, uh, Manoa included, uh, we have. Domingo German, who threw a perfect game, I'll say this week, but in reality it was last night for, for us, for the Yankees versus the A's. Uh, but, I mean, that's a story that's been covered uh, six ways uh, six ways from Sunday already. But uh, I wonder if we'll see more this year because the last time we saw a perfect game was in 2012, and that was the last of three that year. Uh, if you go look through the history, it kind of looks like they come in groups. So uh, I'm curious if we see more. Uh, the the thing I did hear in the media is that oh this is going to change your life Domingo and I'm like eh? is is really one perfect game going to change his life I mean great great accomplishment but it, if you go back and look through the list it's really not the guy it's not the best pitchers who are doing this it's a guy who has a hot night against bad bats and it's still a major accomplishment but I don't think this is life changing for this guy other than he has a cool story. Yeah, it's just uh, a, it's a big legacy. Uh, define cool point. story. I mean, it's as far yeah, as cool stories know, go, it's like, up there. But I mean, I agree with you, Dylan. Like Philip Umber of the White Sox was mm-hmm. one of the 2012 perfect games, and like legitimately his entire White Sox tenure, I was like, this guy fucking sucks. And then one night he just went out there and, and knocked out all 27, no problem. And it really, that's the only reason I even remember he exists. So I mean, honestly, I might argue that it is life changing, but I guess in like a, a, a tangible sense, not really. I mean, Domingo Herman still makes the same money he was making before, lives comfortably, still is a domestic abuser, uh, all, all of these things. Uh, and really, you know, take getting 27 straight outs doesn't change any of that. So it just, I guess, depends on your perspective. Uh, I, I know he had a perfect game, but do you think do you think there was a no hitter at home? 
Change of pace, no hitter for the misses. Yeah, dude, fuck him. Not just because of the domestic abuse stuff, but also because he's been caught twice this year with sick, sticky substance checks. And, like, he. so the first one, they pretty much let it slide in one game, and then it happened in another, and it was somehow, it ended up being the same crew, so they fucking ejected him. And it's just like, I don't fucking, eh, he's cheating, fuck him. I, I, I don't, I mean, it was the A's, so they're also that bad. But fuck that, man. What an, unde- like, probably most undeserved pitcher of the ones on the list uh, to get well, a perfect game. Hold on. Let me, let me look through the list. I mean, Galarraga, Galarraga deserves his to be retroactively given more so than Jermon deserved to get his I in mean, the history books. Uh, I guess Roy Halladay and Dallas Braden are kind of cool. Uh, 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 let me let me go back. How, how far? Oh, Sandy Koufax. Mark Burley is a legend, and he deserves every bit of respect that comes with his perfect uh, game. David Cohn. Um, I feel like he's a, did he throw that with the Mets or Yankees? Uh, with the Yankees. David Cohn is still actually a, a, probably their most uh, well-liked uh, TV analyst up in Yankee land. He does some ESPN games sometimes. I don't care for him, but they like him. Uh, have we – I can't remember. So Roy Halladay's on this list. Have we talked about baseball diseases yet on the podcast? I'm I feel like we have sure. to. Sure. Uh, so I feel like it's been at least alluded to. If Lou Gehrig gets a disease, then so does, like – Mickey Mantle, who died of Mickey Mantle disease, and you can look up how he died to figure out what that is for yourself. Uh, we have Roy Halladay disease; you can look up that one too. Uh, Tyler Skaggs disease, I think, is the most recent one, recent one we've really gotten. But uh, not not to get too far into that. Uh, don't don't fly your plane too low, kids, over the over the ocean. <laughs> but uh, moving on from perfect game for a guy that Colin and Sam do not really care for. Let's move into the College World Series, which I probably paid much more attention than either of these guys uh, over the last week. Because it's in my neck of the woods uh, where I grew up, not in Omaha, but I guess somewhat proximate to Omaha. Uh, this th- this is a great series. I actually think this is the first ser- the, the best series since they've moved away from Rosenblatt, which was the, the historic ballpark um, that they had played at for decades uh, before they tore it down to make more room for their world-class zoo and moved uh, to TD Ameritrade Park, now called uh, the Chuck, or I guess Charles Schwab Field, uh, downtown. It it honestly, it had all the good pieces of a good college World Series. You have your, 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 your SEC standbys with Florida and LSU. You have a, a, an older power, Wake Forest, who's coming back and, um, uh, who comes back in and has some success this year? You have your underdog in Oral Roberts. Uh, you know Stanford coming out from the West Coast. They're historically a good baseball team. It was just a really good College World Series, at least in the non-championship games. Uh, in the championship series, though, uh, quite an interesting. Let me let me get make sure I get the scores completely right. So you have Game One between LSU and Florida, uh, kind of expected by everybody. Very close, you know, 4-3. But 
But then immediately you basically have LSU and Florida trading the the, the last two games. So in game two you have a record twenty four to four. Did you guys hear that stat line? Yeah, yeah that's fucking I, brutal, man. That's the thing. I didn't know that game was happening that day, and then when I like, I think I went to ESPN to check something. I saw that, and I was like, that. I mean, that is up there with uh, OU beating the piss out of Texas in the Women's College World Series last year. Well, so, like, they won like sixteen to nothing or some shit. Like it's just, it's just sad. But so, in, in the case of LSU, it wasn't as sad as it was for Texas, where they got their shit kicked in. So that that is a College World Series championship series record. Uh, but and I, I'm struggling to remember the pitcher's name. But at one point they were tied or near tied, and LSU swapped out, uh, brought in another pitcher, and he got one pitch. He threw one pitch. Florida, uh, I don't remember uh, who from Florida, but Florida batter slams it out of the park, grand slam. They pull the pitcher immediately. He went out there, <laughs> his college, the College World Series championship series, goes out there, throws one pitch, puts his team behind, like buries his team immediately, gets pulled, and then they just go. It, it's all downhill from there. But it's uh, it's all right because LSU pulled it out uh, eighteen to four in game three, which is just wild. Well, and you say that, but do you, and did you hear like uh, LSU or Florida in the in the third game when it was still like their one pitcher wasn't figuring it out and they subbed him, they swapped him in, out for uh, a freshman who then proceeded to really shit the game away in what the <laughs> second inning. That I was like, that's tough. They go, oh, and they go to the freshman, and I'm like, ah, surely he's got to be a phenom, knowing he cannot be a phenom if he's coming in in the second in the second or the third game after what's transpired so yeah he got left out there to get fucked on and really just end the game in the second inning so i'd rather be in there for one pitch fuck the game and still win the series than uh be the freshman who blew the game wide open because he also couldn't throw a strike uh your uh your College World Series MVP was LSU's uh, starting pitcher, Paul Skeens. He's their ace. Uh, he's going to be a incredibly high MLB draft pick, if not, like, number one overall, because he can throw absolute fucking gas and accurately and, uh, uh, you know, throw, throwing triple digits and getting some movement on it. Um, uh, but uh, more importantly, while you guys are all here, uh, do you know who won the Jello Shot Challenge? You can probably guess. I I know it was LSU and they put up like was it thirty thousand something uh, or was it sixty thousand? Do, do, do we want to play prices right rules? Call in how many you think? I if I remember right, I feel like I saw it around thirty three thousand. Okay, Sam, what do you think? Prices right rules. Uh, I would say one dollar. I would say twenty three thousand. Well, Colin wins, uh, although pretty uh, pretty poorly, 68,888 ah, smashed the previous record. Well, Holy see, okay, I will say, I said I was either 30 or 60, and I couldn't remember the number. Still yeah, and then you, won. You pissed down your leg trying to trying to come up uh, under pressure <laughs> with which one you thought was better. I uh, swore I heard I saw thirty four thousand, but it must have been like when they broke the previous record. Do you know who is second place, Colin? 
Um, fuck. Uh, can you list the teams off real quick that were there? No, I can't because I don't have the list in front of me anymore. Uh, um, it ha- I mean, fuck, it had to have been Florida. No, Wake I mean, Forest. No, Ole Miss. Seven, oh, shit. Wake 7, Ole Miss was, Ole Miss not, wasn't was not party to the College World Series this year. Uh, no, yeah, Wake I... Forest was 7,622. Jeez. Um, but I also feel like that's one of those things where there's enough non- fans of those teams or just fans of college baseball or just fans of like the sporting experience you know because that's that's one of those deals where may or may not be on your bucket list where as soon as you have a bandwagon type thing going on with lsu trying to break the record that everybody's just going to buy their shots for lsu regardless of that of uh you know actual fandom so uh there is that i stand by the uh what i was seeing also involved with that was like boosters for LSU were just buying a fuck ton of jello shots. I feel like it is a within bad spirit just to spend the money to get that number up rather than being the consumer or like sharing with the bar rather than just banking that number, you know? Well, all, all the all the proceeds, all the profits of that did go to charity. I, I did see that. That, that so makes like, it, that, that makes it the, fine. There's still a within, principle here. I'm with you, Colin. That, that, that's why the Raising Cane CEO came and dropped like the last 6,000 Jello shots or something on LSU. Also, fun fact, did you guys see how much a Jello shot was? Like, the cost? Uh, that did five not. Five bucks? Five dollars. Yeah. Well, because... I mean, I get that's criminal. I, I do get that, but you know how much it costs to make a Jello shot? <laughs> I mean, the margins are massive that they're putting it on. It is... It is probably about four hundred percent or their margins on that. Again, it's yeah. cherry, so it is a good cause. But also, but, good luck. So good luck going care. to a bar. Good luck going to a bar that's not like on happy hour and getting a shot for less than five bucks of anything. Yeah, but a yeah, cello shot is a diluted shot. Yeah, it's yeah, good. It's, it's, good. it's uh, it's fun. It is. I'll give you that. I, no, I agree. I mean, I do sort of fucking despise them from the making standpoint, uh, you know. But that—that that <clears throat> oh, is, yeah, me too, man. Yeah, Sam. <laughs> yeah, Taffy Doe totally didn't stop you from hating it like I do. I, I never had to take part in that actually in the the making, so I'm I'm okay with them. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't hear what flavors they had, unfortunately. But uh, while we're on the topic of college, I have a couple other news items. So, uh, Colin, you might be interested in hearing that NCAA betting penalties for uh, college athletes have been uh, loosened up a little bit and softened a little bit. So, obviously, uh, if you st- if a player engages in activities to influence the outcome of their own game, so you bet on yourself um, or provides w- what you might call insider information to folks in sports betting, uh, that player could face potential permanent loss of eligibility in all sports. Um, that seems like a no-brainer to me. Uh, but what is interesting is they put dollar amounts on the rest of the violations uh, and actually, there's another tier in there where if a player wagers on their own sport at another school, so if you're, um, if you're, uh, I don't know, you're a Clemson baseball player and you're betting on Wake Forest, uh, you could lose up to 50% of your eligibility, but it's not a complete death penalty. But where it gets interesting 
is the rest of it's based on how much your wager was. So if you get caught wager, if it's like pro sports, you know, where it has absolutely nothing to do with your college uh, student athlete experience, uh, $200 or less, uh, you only have to, it, it says only further education is required. So I assume you have to take like, uh, kind of like when you have to go to traffic school and you get a couple too many DUIs to keep your license. It's kind of like that. I mean, I know someone that probably had to deal with that recently, but yeah. Um, no, uh, my thing is, I think, I, I just don't understand how people can't get this fucking rule right with regulation, and this will be more of an, do you do you have NFL news for gambling in here? I wasn't really going to mention. deviate. Well, I was going to, uh, I, I was going to get into that. So I it basically, if you wager, if you're a, a student athlete and you wager more than $200, basically you lose 10% of your season, 30% of your season, or, you know, uh, a to be determined amount of eligibility based on the number. If it's over 800 bucks. Right. Uh, I was going to mention, meanwhile, the NFL has shown that violating their gambling policy gets you an immediate one year suspension. So that's kind of how that, that uh, works along and for certain players who have been caught over the last several weeks that could be career ending for them because they weren't necessarily strong contributors to begin with well and so I think the rule of thumb obviously I'm thinking more pro sports here Uh, college I think the only stipulation should be you can't bet on any college sport and then in any capacity you can't bet on any college sport if you're a college athlete just because it's easier to blanket um, oh, the NCAA feels differently. I mean, no, I think it's fucking stupid. That's that's where I'm about to be getting into. But NFL is the one that pisses me off a lot more, just because I, I I agree. If you bet on your sport in any capacity, minimum year. If you're betting on your own games, you're banned from the league. I think it's yeah, a very hard cutoff. Right, make it easy. But if you are gamb like the stupid ass six game fucking gambling on fucking property of your team or on you know you're at the team hotel and you bet on something you can get six games that's horseshit if it is not related to your sport fuck off you don't need to over vulture like just over educate this right well i i don't know what word you're trying to call it adjudicate yeah yeah. (laughs) thank you sam better man than i was close uh, well, here, here's the thing, Colin. The, the NFL is not the only one who does this. Don't don't even like look at sports. If you go into most major companies, you know policies for their employees. No sport, no sports gambling or gambling of any kind on com- company time, and no gambling on company premises. That's yes, just like that's so, a blanket uh, okay. policy so, for, for most major corporations and businesses. But okay, so here here's what I I, I mean I, I didn't get to the last bait because uh, I fucked up that word. Um, Imagine teams that. will handle their own problems if it comes to that. If a team has someone that is gambling so much while on team property or during meetings and are is hindering their own team, it will be taken care of internally the nfl does not need to make a blanket fucking move to just go oh he he made one bet in the parking lot of the team facility six games bitch the nfl NFL gets to make these rules because they're a corporation and these teams are franchises of that corporation yeah but also 
like it's a bit of a stretch of an analogy, I guess, but at the same time, it's not. Like you're basically, uh, we're bringing the analogy of you know most corporations put rules in place like that, and they kind of do. I mean, you're essentially saying leave it to the manager of the local McDonald's to decide upon corporate policies, and it, I mean that's not really the way I, shit I tends to go. I guarantee, if you are the uh, the ball gargler at Meta or whatever Facebook is calling themselves now, and you get caught sports gambling on the job, it's they're not firing you because it took away from your ball gargling capabilities. It, it's it's because you're like opening up your company to liability and all of these semi legal things that are occurring while you're on company premises or on company time. But also the the local branch in anything can take into consideration the how how they need to approach it there there is room for it right but there's, I, there's a little bit different on, on like we're not talking about a fry cook making 10 bucks an hour you're talking about a what what every single uh corporation in america would call a highly compensated employee which has its own rules um with like the SEC and trading and how you know how you compensate that person because they're a highly compensated employee. Dude, the practice squad guys are uh, not highly compensated uh, comparably. What's the minimum Com- for a, what's the minimum for a highly compensated employee? Because I guarantee they are. It's oh, not, I mean, it's I'm not just a saying federal comparably. definition. But if you're making what are they making two like quarter mil a year? I don't know. What does a practice squad Ooh, guy make? Fuck if I know. That isn't the league minimum like over half a million now. The practice. Uh, I'm honestly not certain. I think that that maybe quarter mil figure is more accurate for a motherfucker that's not actually that, cracking that's like the highly roster, compensated. But still, yeah, that's a, anywhere that's a ton in the of company. Money. Now they're uh-huh. not getting stock options, but that, that's besides uh, the point. Obviously, we make more than that with this lucrative podcast, but yeah. not everybody. Yeah. Is so fortunate. More than that per episode. Uh huh. <laughs> I, I I I guess that's a fair way to put it, but like I just it's so fucking stupid in my eyes. Whatever, there's probably, yeah, whatever. There can be more legal shit to I mean, it that makes it more justifiable, but I still think it's fucking it, stupid. Within the within the policies of the NFL, it's okay for them to go home and bet on, like, the WNBA, right? Yeah. So, okay, it's the same as, like, if I go into my office job and my company has a policy that I'm not supposed to be gambling at work, okay, well, I go home and I... I the same same way where if I get company stock as compensation, I'm not supposed to trade. I'm not supposed to like use insider information to trade that company stock. Well, yeah, but that's insider information about your own company. How is that not okay? Uh, 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 who is the lineman who got got? Uh, uh, Petit Frere. Um, what's his first name? God damn it, Nicholas right. Pettit Frere. Yes, Pettit Frere. Uh, you know, didn't they catch him betting on like the run, like the no, that was Isaiah Rogers. No, that was Isaiah Rogers who got a full year at minimum. It's not even it's indefinite, but it's a but minimum like, at, at year. That's point, different. Be, than just, no, how is that different? If, if, he's okay. not vouching for those players, though. I'm not vouching for the guys betting on their own sport. I am saying anyone betting on a different sport well, that gets the six game ban, which is betting on a different sport. Just potentially, it is on team facilities. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure you can even get six fucking games for betting while at the team hotel on an away game. Yeah, which is to not throw away to not throw away twenty five dollars while you're in the locker room. But I mean, what <laughs> impact does that have that deserves six games? It is not questioning the integrity of your own sport 
I don't why know. do they need to over over educate? Oh my god! Fuck me! Jesus Christ! Quit adjudicate. using that word. Uh, yeah. Well, here's the deal. Let's let's you have dumb this down a little bit for the, the layman who are listening here. Here's the flip the side right of a fucking word, coin. If you're making if you're if you're making six figures a year to play a game, like why would why would you even take that risk? I mean, one, you may enjoy like betting on other sports, but also how many years were some of these guys, even the practice squad guys who are making two hundred thousand? How many years are they getting that salary? Maybe fucking three or four yeah, if they don't yeah, so, get promoted. So, I can, I can so they need to gamble down. to pad those <laughs> well, numbers. No, I can, I'm I not can saying set they have down to. my gambling habit for three or four years while I make the league minimum for a little What's while. What's the difference between you that or them training stocks on team Donald. facilities? What's the difference between them doing that or trading stocks on team facilities? Basically, okay, but, that the NFL says you can't fucking do it. Like I, I, agree I, I understand not, that. I'm understand that. I'm not disagreeing with the NFL. Uh, NFL is saying you can't. I'm saying it's fucking stupid that they say, are saying okay. you can't. If you're, if you you're, have uh, other risks in stocks, just like you have risks in gambling on other sports that are not related to your profession the, the, or the integrity of your sport. The SEC, that's the not the not the southeast, it's not the southeastern conference, the Securities and Exchanges Commission has well-defined rules about what defines uh, insider trading, right? We don't have that for sports gambling and organized sports. So, so they, so what, wait, what, what did you just say? Did you say they don't have it regulated? So it's wild west on it. So NFL is overcompensating on these rules. I'm at work. I can adjust my 401k because there are well-defined and well-investigated rules on insider trading. There is not that for uh, sports gambling in most states, save probably Vegas, probably because the mob's going to come beat your fucking kneecaps in if they think some funny business is going on. So what you're saying is the NFL NFL is overstepping, unnecessarily overstepping. No, I'm saying that's what they're doing to protect themselves from liability. I know. I, I don't what I, I mean whatever I don't know the intricacies of the SEC within that I think it's bullshit um, not to get too political but if fucking goddamn senators and representatives can move their stock around and the shit that's happened over the past few years of stock exchange moving with their you know husband or wife and all that shit with no fucking issues and the SEC is not gonna do shit the NFL can fuck off about other sports yeah, I mean, Fair I'm enough. not going to argue I mean, with you about about congressional stock trading. I agree. That's that's fucking. I, I mean, I, yeah, no. I mean, they're, they're above the rules basically, and the NFL is not entirely. So they're just trying to be overly safe. I think that to me, I, I don't have any problem with them having the rules the way they are. I feel like realistically, sports leagues still would be within the rights to just say, fuck you, don't bet on sports while you're an active I mean, player. I'm fine I, with stories, I can't but... imagine risking my professional sports salary over like a hundred dollar bet on the fucking Marlins. It is fucking stupid. The thing, the thing <laughs> where I will blame the NFL tangibly, because it seems to me to be the case, although we don't really have all the facts, and there's been sort of conflicting statements of who, who did what, I do think they did a shit job communicating this policy, and I feel like the fact that it's sort of, you know, generally speaking, allowed to gamble on other sports, provided you do it in the right locations and stuff, I feel like 
if they did not communicate that well to the players, it's kind of understandable how guys would think, oh, whatever, I can bet on the NBA and just pull out their phone and fucking do it at a given second because they wouldn't think there's any real repercussions for it. Like, I personally, I don't know if my job has a, a no gambling policy somewhere in the handbook, but I do know that like at least in my specific company the owner of my company could walk in and see me on on a fucking illegal sports betting site just hammering away in the middle of the afternoon and he would not give a shit at all <laughs> but i i mean basically to me i i can see how the nfl maybe left the door open for players to do this and not feel like they were taking a risk and in that sense, I do blame the league because I feel like if, if players were more educated, we would not have seen, you know, the, the number of guys we have seen go down for this. But at the same time, though, we don't know for a fact. And there's a whole fuckload of guys who have not been caught gambling uh, on at team facilities or team hotels. And maybe all those guys did get word of it and the last few were just too fucking stupid to pay attention. So it's hard to say. That's the only way I'm blaming the NFL, though, is if they just didn't communicate it. I'll, I'll go two little tidbits. I can't find my source on it, but I saw it on Twitter today from, I believe, someone that was like, it was it was under, no, I think, no source. Doug Kleinman. I, I, I have, a, I have it on good authority. Like, <laughs> this it, is it classic was, Free Plains journalistic integrity right here. <laughs> I did, in fact, I think, see something. It, it was from a beat writer. That's all I know for sure it was because he had, like, fucking 16 to 20k fucking followers had some shit listed of some site i don't i i but one thing is validity comes from number of followers on twitter fuck it i don't give a shit man um but it was something nobody should be listening to us then shit the nflpa (laughs) was not uh like conveying like the rules given to them very well to the team like the players which would make it, it was more so going with what sam was saying and I'm not saying it was super fucking valid. I did see this when I was looking at some of the suspension shit. See, it was this... more just adding to stuff being misconstrued or mistaken, shit like that. Um, I would be fine if they banned sports betting across the board from a whatever you can just say integrity of the sports, all the sports. That's fine. And my last little bitching point will be why the fuck is betting on a different sport more games than PEDs for your own sport? I, I don't have a good answer. That, for that, that one. is fair. Cam Robinson <laughs> getting four. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I, I fair getting that six is, is pretty fucking funny. And the, that like uh, you know one point fucking eight eight uh, or some shit gambling offenses equals uh, one Deshaun Watson offense. Well, I mean that well, <laughs> or that, one bring, set of Deshaun no, Watson. You offenses. bring up a good point. Instead of gambling on the NBA while I'm on team premises. I should just wait till I'm at the Asian massage parlor getting a happy ending, and uh-huh. they, should, they should, you know, they can make a lot of money setting up a sports gambling kiosk, you know, a sports book kiosk in the uh, in the massage parlor. And yeah, they're like the thing is they're not going to be worried about what you were doing on your phone while you were committing the sexual assault. So really, right. you have a good chance to kind of slide that one under the radar. Don't say slide in that context. <laughs> Uh, okay, I had one other news item. We're getting kind of long on this, and I'll save it for next week because it's it's not super it's it's not super important today. Uh, so let's move on to something 
we here like to call slow pitch, fast pitch, where I come up with a couple of sports takes and give them to my two co-hosts here. Uh, each uh, take is given to one co-host ahead of time. The other one has to blind react to the other. Uh, we have a slow pitch, which is supposed to be the easier buy, maybe easier take. And then we have the fast pitch, uh, which is supposed to be a hot take. I will say this week they're both pretty warm, but I think one, the way I have it worded, opens it up a little bit more to be a colder take. Uh, Colin, do you think you have the slow pitch or the fast pitch this week? I, I, I definitely have the fast pitch. Sam, do you think you have the slow pitch or the fast pitch? I was going to say I think mine in our group probably would be a slow pitch. There's a little bit of like qualifier on it, so I was getting some slow pitch vibes, but I do like it. Mild spice. All right, so Sam, this week you are correct. You have the slow pitch, which is... Victor Wembanyama. God damn it! I, 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 it takes me three tries to get his name right every single time it comes out of my mouth. Victor Wembanyama may be a generational talent. I do agree that he is probably a generational talent, but I do not think he will have a generational career. Sam. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go ahead and jump on board and buy this. Uh, I, I personally, I, I'm not going to say I'm like a skeptic of him because I felt like he was worth the number one pick, and I don't share the same baseline concern that Colin does about, you know, going back to our longstanding Chet Holmgren debate about basically, well, he's built like a fucking twig, so he's, he's toast, end of story. Um, but I, I think that, like, people comparing him to LeBron in terms of, like, what they were when they came into the league... I can see how, you know, they're both physical outliers kind of to the 100th percentile, but in very different ways. Uh, and with Wembenyama, like, it's, I feel like the freakish height combined with the skills is a little bit, like, more of what's driving the hype with him than the, the pure, like, basketball ability. And I understand, again, like like I said, LeBron was an unbelievable physical prospect. He came in looking like a grown-ass fucking man, muscular as all hell, like, fast and bouncy, athletic, all of that shit. Like, he looked like a, a 25-year-old NBA player in high school. Um, and Wembenyama, uh, you know, is more so, well, he kind of has some skills here to go with like the just ridiculous physical range and length and all of that um like i think he's going to be i think he has a good chance to be a generational defender like i think he has a very good chance to me his floor is a pretty damn useful player if he can stay healthy because he's going to cover a ton of ground He's going to block a ton of shots. Defense is real fucking important these days in the NBA, even though you know teams like to score 150. When it gets down to it in the playoffs, typically you're, you're seeing teams play really good team defense that win the title. He can be a big part of that. I just don't totally buy the offensive package with him. Like Le- LeBron came in, and LeBron had legitimate like point guard skills that he has built on his whole career, ready to go. Wembenyama has, I mean, for a center and for a guy who's fucking 7'5", you know, we've never seen somebody who can dribble and pass and shoot the way he can, but compared to his peers in the NBA in general, like, I don't think that his offensive creation is, so like, at such a standout level 
that he is guaranteed to be a stellar player, be a first option kind of guy. I don't see him having a great offensive season as a rookie by any means, and, and we'll see how much like volume he gets, uh, how much runway he gets to just put up shots and find shots, maybe be inefficient. I'm sure he could be efficient if he dug out a small role. I'm kind of intrigued to just see how all that plays out, but I, I'm willing to buy this basically just on the standpoint that the, the big comparison for him has been LeBron in terms of like expectations and hype as a prospect, and I just don't see that like being realistic personally. So I, I will go back to the first things you said. My concerns do lie with his, you know, physical stature. He's he officially measured in at like seven foot three and a half inches, and he weighs in at like two hundred and thirty some pounds. Which I'm sure you know. You Thought put it was weight, like two ten. You put. Uh, I just looked at basketball reference real quick, uh, and then a separate article that has his, his official like draft um, height gotcha. measurement. You might be right, honestly. I'd- uh, either Sorry, way, were you saying weight? ESPN has him at two thirty-seven. Okay, yeah, that's that's what I was seeing two thirty something. Um, Bullshit. It, it's that's man. That's that's how many games do they play these days? What's the what's the new number? Eighty-two. It has if they, not changed. It has not changed. Eighty-two. <laughs> if they play all of them. So that that's a lot of games for somebody like that. For, for like that's the, he, he needs to put weight on first of all and I actually had the perception that he had had injury troubles in the past and when I actually did the research on what that was it's it's really not bad uh, in my perception at least so I, yeah. I don't think his past they're injuries not are a factor he's just playing in going to be playing in a much more physical league with guys who are sized like Le- are sized and shaped like LeBron or Zion, you know, he's, he's going to have to play against those guys who have the, the, the right amount of weight and the big frame for their position. Um, so Sam is well-versed. I'm the biggest fucking hater of the lanky, like, super fucking skinny seven-footers, uh, starting with OKC's Chet Holmgren. I'm not a believer. I am more of a believer in Chet than I am probably Wembenyama. When, when and not that that's Same. a high bar from from Sam's much. <laughs> He's heard a lot on that one. Uh, Wembenyama, his injury history, while not like long term injuries, it existing I think is a detriment to his uh, uh, you know potential. The team he is currently, if you look at the Spurs roster, which actually don't do that quite yet, it is fucking atrocious. He'll have the chance to be. The for you know the first scorer because that team is so bad and it's not like they're going to be fucking re- uh, relying on Jeremy Sohan to fucking score that piece of shit. Um, but would you two like to guess who the highest paid player on the San Antonio Spurs current roster is? Doug McDermott deserves uh, every cent. That, that was going to be my fucking guess. Deserves I can't every who else cent. is old? That's on that. <laughs> it is Sam. Would you like to guess who is second? Tim Duncan. Oh, shit, dude. I don't, I'm trying to think. <laughs> Tim Duncan. I'm trying to think who else is I, old that's even on that roster, well, man. Uh, I, 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 wait, this one's in the wait, back. Hold on. I was I'm really joking. About this. Is Doug McDermott still Oh, he absolutely highest? is. Holy. Wow. He is, yeah. he is making 13 See, mil. The next they got a lot of guys you know, I was all wrong. When Bayama is the last piece they need <laughs> to really put it all together with Doug at the helm. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So, <laughs> clearly, this was that... 
the, the first question was loaded. The second question is loaded as well, Sam. If that is that's the only hint I'll give you. I'm I'm not sure I have it in me. I can only think of like their their young guys and like Josh Primo. I don't think he'd be making 11 million yet, and he took his dick out in front of the, the team the therapist not, or whatever. He's not on the active roster. Yeah, it, like cut. it's not going to be Devin Vassell, is it? It is not. It is your boy. Devonte Graham. Oh fuck! I forgot they traded for him. <laughs> Damn. That's why I was. That was a good. I thought it was. You're good right, Dylan. Well, they, they are ready. They're, they're, they have arrived. <laughs> <laughs> they have. They have the white player who played in the state of Nebraska. So that, that's step number one. Uh-huh. And then they have the former bull. And now oh, they have, no, Dylan. It's uh, well. If, if you're counting Doug McDermott as the former Bull again, then yeah. sure. Devonte Graham is a former Kansas Jayhawk, not a oh, former Bull. Okay. Yeah. And no, then, uh, I gave you both college-loaded questions. Uh-huh. Sam, Sam and, and now gave, they uh, have. And now they have the 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 twig uh, toothpick uh, number one overall pick. It's it's everything you need to win an NBA final. Yep. Yeah, I, I think he gets. I think he gets probably broken pretty quick. I would not. I think this is a fair, probably career trajectory, opinion, like sort of side by side. I think at best he'll have a Yao Ming esque career. He could do worse. Where he uh, could uh. have those high highs, but I think injury will fucking catch up to him. He is. It's almost counter to Yao, where Yao was just too big, and it wasn't like he was a twig. There was just too much stretch on his well. feet. I think the physicality of others will break Victor well, here, rather than Yao's own just body breaking. His, his weight could kind of save him because you look at Zion, who's like you know got a thing. Oh, I know that's what I'm saying. About it's, his it's, body, it's, it's others got, that will hurt big. him, not himself. No, but like um, no, 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 I don't no, buy that. No, I, don't no, I meant buy like that. Zion, like he's got to be careful because that's a lot of weight coming back down on his joints when he goes and yeah. like. There's a lot of middle ground between rim. between Wemby and Zion, though, in terms of arguably the whole NBA. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm making I'm making the point between the two extremes. You know, you got to watch out on both ends, and if he puts on a little bit of weight, maybe he's in a better position than somebody who comes in with the big frame already. Yeah. All I'm saying is the Thunder have been playing this fucking game of they'll put on weight and they fucking don't. But does well, it, it doesn't like really it. matter, though. Does it really matter? That's where I, I personally don't buy it. I, like, the NBA, I, if this was the 90s or the 2000s, like, yeah, the, they're going to throw it into the post and just beat the shit out of those guys. It doesn't really happen anymore. Like, he, no, they might get bodied fair. by a couple guys a few times a year who still Love play like that and are good enough Jimmy to do Butler. it. But, like, nobody's just going to be putting <laughs> shoulders into Victor Wembanyama all, like, all night, every night to just, like, Oh, yeah, no, for sure. The physicality in general has lessened. But I think even just just having to face these guys for, you know, probably 35 minutes his rookie year if he stays healthy, his bit of injury history is a concern in my eyes. While it's not been, like, long-term injuries, I just think having it and just I'm very weary on Chet and how quick he got injured. Again, some say freak injury. Um, a lot say freak injury. I say expected, but I just I just don't expect these tall, super lanky guys who have fucking no muscle to survive 
as well as people think they will, even if they have all these ball handling skills to be generational talents. Hey, it's, it's harder to pull a muscle if you don't have any muscle. That's all, that's all I'm saying. There's nothing to pull. I would say it's also easier to break a fucking bone when someone's running through you when yeah, you got I guess less so. shit covering it up. Just don't, uh, I mean, just don't see it happen too much. I I'm interested though. I like uh, sorry, circling back a little story. bit though, Con. I mean, yeah. I I think Chet Holmgren is more offensively skilled than Victor Wembanyama, and I don't think it's particularly agree. even close. So, and so that's why I, I'm with you. Although we obviously are probably placing them at very different heights on the scale, that I honestly do think that Chet probably has a higher floor and has a pretty damn comparable ceiling as well. Uh, I yeah no I don't I don't believe I don't believe in the guys playing Euro League that much to be that good like not that good but you know like their ceiling is not that fucking high I would there's big guys over there in Europe yeah uh, yeah but he was playing French rather than Spanish there's a bit of nuance they are pussies in France I won't I won't lie I mean the one one other (laughs) thing about him sorry Dylan but uh, Wembenyama did block more shots in the French league he played in than Rudy Gobert did when he was over there and Rudy Gobert is not you know the greatest fucking player of all time but Rudy Gobert is a multiple time defensive player of the year and the main critique of Rudy is that he gets played off the floor in the playoffs because he's he's offensively limited and he's not mobile. And Wembenyama, in theory, is not does not fall into those same like categories. So, like to me, I I think he will be extremely valuable and impactful. It's just the like LeBron level hype as far as both ends of the court. I don't know if I see that clicking into place. I think that's a, a that's good. Fucking, that, that's insane, man. I, 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 I sort of hate how much hype. I hate how much hype they try to go with nowadays. It seems like to just try and be like, you know, it's generational talent each fucking year. And I think the last and, one I feel was like the NBA doesn't. Honestly, I thought it was more justified with him personally. That might just me being fucking ignorant because I don't watch. French I feel like basketball. I heard the term even. I feel like I heard the term even thrown with Chet, man, so it just sort of fucking annoying. I mean, it's not... I know, I know, no, no, that's fine. I, that's fine. I feel like it, it's more bitching at the media at this point, rather, that's than fair. the actual the, players. I, I do just, think there just is... Just going, their generational talent fucking every draft class sucks. I mean, the, it's yeah, not that true. is an overused buzzword, especially in the NFL, too. Okay, uh, just because this, this popped in my head before we move on to the fast pitch... Who would you rather have in their prime, Rudy Gobert or Rajon Rondo? Oh, Ooh, give fuck me Rondo! You. Give me Rondo. <laughs> we were talking about some fucking disrespect involving Rondo just the other night. Very similar to this, right? No. So I, I, I think, ah, man, defensively, it, it's hard because they are literal. They're just such literally opposite positions. So team structure matters, but I think ball well, handler, defensive impact when it comes, team, though. just if you look at just point guard to center, want, it's not just, comparable. No, but no, no it's not. Overall, but if you just want to go, if you want to go, who do I, who do I want in the playoffs? If I my team is making the playoffs, I want Rondo. Fuck it, that that's easy. I feel like that's easy. Doesn't um, Rajon Rondo like defensive Gobert player there multiple more... times or at least once? I don't think mo- guards don't really win that. I mean, he was a good defender. Like yeah. I know you're not, you would not claim yourself as like a huge, you know, NBA follower no. by any means, Dylan. But it's it's been a big man dominated award pretty historically, and the okay. sort of prevailing thought is that the center is the most impactful defensive position and the point guard the least. 
Um, even when you do obviously have, there are great individual defenders at point, but like a great defensive Chris center, he has going to be he, a lot more valuable than a great defensive point he's guard. Maybe not defensive player of the year. He's, I don't think he's ever earned a defensive player of the year, but he has four NBA All Defensive Team honors. Yeah, I mean he was yeah. a great defender. Oh, yeah, not crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, and he's, and I, I think he's that's the, the only reason player. I know that name because he was a hell of a you know he's a hell of a defender with Celtics. But all right, I didn't he's want one to get of the better passers of our lifetimes too, though. Sorry, mm-hmm. I, I'm it happy all, to go on a Rondo I, tangent. Yeah, yeah, no, I just big the, the names pop, Rondo. The names popped in my head together. I'm like, oh, defenders. This is what. Yeah, then, this then is we'll the just, little we'll thing about it, basketball wait. I know. <laughs> well, we'll we'll hit this real quick because Sam and I did discuss it. And it was Slam Magazine, right, Sam? I believe so. Yeah. Fuck them. Jesus. Garbage fucking basketball opinions. They ranked in their top 100 all time guards. They put John ja Morant. 15 fucking spots ahead of Rondo, which is fuck, you, you don't know ball. Well, you, wait, no, were, they, were they ranking them on potential weapons charges? <laughs> they were not because uh, Jaw was only 30th and he would be only behind Arenas <laughs> on that list. <laughs> yeah, no, fucking absurd, man. You can't call yourself a basketball magazine and churn that bullshit out. It's, yeah, it, it's unless brutal. it is goddamn April first, you cannot put that shit out and be ever. I mean, it's Slam Magazine. No one takes that shit seriously. True, but they they do. And fuck them. That's horrid. That was egregious. All right, onto the fast pitch. This is supposed to be our hotter take. Uh, this one, uh, Colin predicted incorrectly this week. Uh, but the fast pitch. What I said, I had the fast pitch. You said Dumbass. you thought you had the slower one, and then Sam's yeah, he... like. Uh, I, no, I thought I had this. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> you no, can check the tape I'll, later, I'll, I will check the uh, tape gonna, later. He's going to pull the tape. <laughs> and I will pull the tape later. I have to do it every fucking week. Yes. Uh, fast pitch. If I were a major league manager, I wouldn't want Shohei Otani as a free agent in free agency, however however you want me to word that. What the? Oh, you, you definitely weirdly added manager. If you go GM even, I still sell the tape. I think... The list of teams that I, I think every whatever team if I if want, I'm a manager or general manager I, I whatever if I'm running my MLB team I I don't want him I yeah no I'm selling the fuck out of that take I think every team would be interested I think there I I sort of looked through standings and stuff to look and like just to get rosters in my mind there are only 15 teams that should seriously consider it only half the um, league wow. That should should really consider it as like something that will pay dividends for you during that contract. I think every team should be interested, but there are like you don't want him going to literally any team on the. If I'm him or if I'm the GM of the Tigers, I sure as fuck want him. Should he go there? Fuck no. I sort of pivoted that question to. There's only 15 teams that I think should seriously consider trying to acquire him and him having mutual interest with. Because I, there's no there's no reason he should go to any team that it. Sorry, Sam. AL Central. I know you agree. Yeah. The White Sox weirdly, White Sox and Twins weirdly could be in that mix, um, but they were not on my list of teams he should ever she he should be considering signing to. It's going to be. You know, the AL East pretty heavily, unfortunately. I, I highlighted the Orioles, the Yankees, and the Blue Jays, the ones that need pitching and can compete in the next two years to make any type of contract you sign with him pay off. Um, Rangers, Astros, 
Mariners in the AL West. Um, and the Rangers, I, I have a hunch, might be a little, little timid on pitchers in the next coming couple of years, even though that's a great sign. It, he's a great signing wherever he oh. goes. And I, I sell, like, I, I'm tired of the narrative with the Angels being like, they're so bad, but he does so well, because that's fucking, that, that's a tired-ass take. They have put it together a pretty good team that should be competing, and they don't, um, which isn't, I feel like, speculated on enough. It's more of everyone just wants to suck off Otani and Trout and make them excluded from the criticism the team gets, and I think that's horseshit. But, again, I'll, I'll just list the rest. Braves, Phillies, even the Reds at this point, if they sustain what they're doing this the year. The Reds could use a fucking Cardinals, Cubs, Diamondbacks, <laughs> Dodgers, and Padres should all be interested in them. Any team that it seems like maybe pitching's where you're lacking, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even have to be pitching. A bat fucking counts. I, as disgusting as it sounds, the Yankees, man, holy fuck. They, judge goes down, they can't fucking hit. Granted, they're doing it right now because they're playing the A's. Doesn't count. But, holy fucking shit, they cannot hit when judge is out. Having that second bat that's reliable, fuck them. I don't want them to have them at all. I, but, like, holy fuck, why would you not want them? Um, any of the AL Central teams, or NL Central teams I listed, Reds, Cardinals, Cubs, I mean, the Reds, they need pitching fucking bad. Their bats have been so hot that just think you get one good start out of five, that's fantastic. Plus, you'd probably be able to add more pitching, and I guarantee they're going after pitching in the offseason. But fucking Otani would kill, I would kill in their lineup. Um, the Cardinals can't need pitch for too, fucking yeah. shit. They don't, yeah. almost don't even need the bats portion of them. But no one's going to turn down the fucking it. bat yeah. that comes with it. Exactly. No one's going to turn down either side of that. The only team that should not go after him and, ah, fuck it, that's not even true. That's a different tangent. Um, the Rockies just, if you're a pitcher, you're never going to want to go to the Rockies, I feel like. That is, that's a whole different tangent, uh, separate to Otani. Um, now every team should want him. Only certain teams should actually pursue it, I feel like. I just think for, here's the deal, I have the greatest respect in the world for Shohei Otani. I think he is probably the greatest mm-hmm. baseball player that we've, that maybe I've ever seen or watched up to this point. That's not, it's not that I'm hating on the guy, right? This just comes back to uh, like the current state of MLB like roster management and how you're expecting to manage a team. And then, okay, Shohei Otani comes in and he shakes that up. That's not a bad thing maybe for the Angels, although the Angels have their own other problems. I think that is a bad team or a bad thing for a lot of other teams that aren't maybe wouldn't utilize him in that way. And so why would I spend you know, ungodly amounts of money on somebody that I don't feel like I can fully utilize or is a very big risk to me. He doesn't have an injury history, but if he, the the more you rely on Shohei to do, the more, the more you're devastated if he loses time due to injury, extended time due to serious injury. But yeah, you still want him. That's what I'm saying. There should only be, the teams I sort of listed should consider it as an actual benefit to them in any like sort of return rate, like you're going to win a potential title because you go get this guy. That, there's a difference between that, though. Yeah, it's more. I, I don't see why you shouldn't pursue him because even if he fucking hurts his arm in some capacity, you can still go DH for you. Look what Bryce Harper did with his fucking. He tore. He needed Tommy John, right? Was it Tommy John, Sam? 
Yes, Bryce Harper had a Tommy John. Yeah. Came back DHing. I don't know if he's yeah, throwing. He, is he you, throwing he, yet? Is he, he back is, in the field yet? He's no. not DHing. Yeah. But the bat is still there. Like the, And even if his pitching goes down the drain, he was playing outfield there for a bit for the Angels. Was he, you know, maybe a plus defender? I don't know that. I couldn't tell you that. But there are ways to move him potentially around. He can play the field. If his yeah. pitching arm goes away, he can still play the field. Well, if Absolutely. pitching arm so goes away, though, just... you probably can't play outfield and make those infield throws. I mean, oh, oh, now there's a big <laughs> yeah, difference between yeah, throwing can. 100 miles an hour 100 times yeah. versus throwing 10, you know, 10 times a game. With Depends a crow hop. It up. Yeah, no, with extra movement he's got to get stuff. one surgery, like... Well, no, a TJ's man. one thing. Another thing's absolutely fucking destroying your shoulder. But then I he mean, goes to D... Well, yeah, but that, that's a fucking... Then you got to put him on first. <laughs> but he can fuck up his shoulder batting. Any player can fuck his, their shoulder up in any capacity and from he's any a good spot enough hitter that he, he would be a plus player playing first fucking base. He is that or, good yeah, offensively. In universal DH, not that he can he doesn't have to fucking do anything yeah. on the field even. Yeah. He's so I, fucking good at batting. Like if he was, you know, a, a worse batter, more of a you know probably fifth or sixth guy in your lineup rather than two, three, four. You, you, you don't, I still don't think you have a good argument here, but you have a better ground to stand on. So right now, I think Shohei Otani benefits a lot from playing. Unlike most pitchers, and I think this makes him a better pitcher, he he plays and he's on the field pretty much every single day. Uh, most pitchers don't get that. What he's this, DH. This, you know what I mean. He's he's out there. He's active. He is he's active every single day. Whereas if you're Framber Valdez, you're active every five or six days, depending on what the what the Astros lineup looks like that week. I think that benefits him a lot as a pitcher. If he is counterpoint, if, he gets. No, less, I'm not done yet. He gets less rest. No, 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 no. But from a from a mind from a competitive like from a competitive mindset and being able just to see like to see pitches, see batters like every single day, close up like. In a, in a professional major league, Sam's giving me funny, stupid fucking looks. But I guarantee oh, it I makes mean, a difference. If you if you separate either his pitching uh, or his batting, I think he takes a I think he takes a hit in one or the other. I think it's the combination of what he has. And if something happens and you have to take him away from pitching or away from batting, I think they both get worse. I think that's just straight speculation, and I, I'm not sure that I, I personally buy it. Uh, I don't. I, I think basically the reason, like, in order to be so good at both, he's just putting in an absolute shit ton of time into both. And if if yeah, if you're telling me he no longer is worried about pitching and he's going to spend 150 percent of the time in the cages now, like he's going to drop think, off I offensively. I think if you had to take one away, it. I think he would be a better DH than a better pure pitcher if you had to take one away. Because I think Probably. a lot of his pitching, I think a lot of his pitching, or uh, like his pitching mindset, relies on him being competitive every single day, not every fifth day or every sixth day. I, I, just, I, I, I feel like to, you're to you're trying that, to evaluate man. sports psych very speculatively, which you're more than welcome to do. I just I just don't get it. You get you get to be able to sit there and watch your guys potentially do well, rest your arm if you're just a regular pitcher. You get to you get to interact with everyone in the dugout. Hopefully, be on highs um, in the dugout. You know, everyone's playing well, whatever. 
and you're getting to learn more potentially during those games of people you're going to play. He actually, I mean, arguably gets less time to study, you know, maybe look at some shit each day because he goes out there to bat on the days he's not pitching. I just is what it is. I, I as much as I like to shit talk the Angels this year, um, just because I, as I sort of said earlier, I'm tired of fucking hearing the caveats to their, you know, Otani and Trout not getting criticism ever, and more so, it's grown on me that Trout deserves more criticism um, when he performs. When he doesn't perform well, he he is. It's just like he's untouchable. So and I think that's so horseshit. My hot take is I don't want Otani, like and I think, or something. and I, I think I've done well on a hot take this week. Collins hot take: I don't want Mike Trout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be about. In line. Uh, I mean, fucking that. I would it like to personally it. fucking zoom this back out a little bit because now we're getting into the weeds a little bit of like, oh, you know, what, like, how's the, what's the Hey, man, I had to come up with a hot take, let's, and this is how I feel. Th- hey, I don't have good no, reasons. I mean, this is how I feel. That's fair. You're also trying to sneak in the qualifiers saying shit like, I have all the respect in the world for Shohei Otani, all this stuff. I'm, I'm staring at a text message from June 4th in which Dylan, <laughs> Dylan said... After this Angels Astros series, I am officially selling all the Shohei Otani hype and knob gobbling. With it, hey, an hour the and a half. Shut him the fuck down in the uh, series. Well, until about a half hour later, he hit a fucking tie breaking RBI double in the eighth <laughs> inning to win the game for the Angels because you jumped the fucking gun. And all this is to say that we're, we're still straying from the actual take here, which was just that. If I'm a fucking manager, which I'm not even going to shit on you for that, but there is a drastic difference in perspectives between a manager and a general manager. Drastic. But either seat, and you're going to say, I don't fucking want him. <laughs> like, what? Dude, he, the, he is, I mean, does he command the mo- Does he command the money that he'll that, have to see? That's where I'm going. He that's commands where I'm going it with this more. Because that money is going to be like nothing we've ever fucking seen. Because... He, dude, like we're, we're getting that. Yankee he can, he can, can play the corner outfield. We've seen it, and he can hit good enough to be extremely valuable doing that, and not even pitching. And he pitches well enough to merit a big contract from that. I mean, like he could get a Mookie Betts deal as a hitter, right? Like two hundred fifty, three hundred million dollars, and he could get he, a, he, a a fucking not a Grom deal, maybe. But it I could mean, be the best paid ever. Do you want to handcuff yourself? Do you want to handcuff yourself I, to? That's where that's where the question gets interesting because are you going to give him eleven years and I don't know fucking six seven hundred million dollars to show him eleven years is, or does he want to do want to open himself up to movement if you know your oh, team's that, just that's most I, guys. I can't speak for him. Most guys, at least in baseball, just say, "Give me the biggest, fattest, longest fucking contract," and, I, and I'll I'll figure it out from there. I think that makes especially sense for him when, like you're saying, we uh, you know he hasn't had injury problems, but we don't know if there is a shelf life on the two way thing and all that. Like he probably wants to lock in that he will be paid like that player for his whole career no matter what he is actually delivering on the field at certain points in time um so i mean i could see if you wanted to frame the take as i don't want to give shohei otani 60 70 mil a year for you know going into the 2030s i mean i guess i I, I can i can kind of see that at the same time though i mean if you have the money 
there, there's basically no better way to spend it because if you're trying to contend and you need an ace starter and you need uh, an impactful lefty power hitter, uh, you're going to have to spend to get them. And, I mean, that, that's what you're going to do, and you're going to waste two roster spots doing it instead of one. I like I, I almost just, just can't wrap my head around the idea. I mean... I, I get it. I, I I'm sure Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't want him, <laughs> but like I, I mean, shit, dude. If I if I'm building a team, I'm not hesitating to get that motherfucker. Oh, dude, Cody Bellinger just fucked up for the Cubs. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Sorry. Fuck off. Right, losing. Uh-huh. Uh, but man, I I that's a wild take to me. I mean, he is uh, he is fucking unprecedented levels of good he he's going to command value we've never seen before and he's going to do it for a reason uh, I just I can't comprehend not wanting him <laughs> and, and I, I mostly mean, just wanted to just, call bullshit on, yeah, on despite your despite all the talent let's, because, let's look at the let's look at the angels I mean but I, yeah I mean, he's, that's how, he's that's doing baseball. good things like, for him are they doing well as a team that's eh. baseball. I mean, are you? Dude, I mean, the only don't pay sport anyone, of the no, like no nobody. Yeah, the make only a team sport of the major three nobody. where a single person can make such a big impact is basketball. Simple as that. And football's creeping there with only QBs, specifically. QBs. Yeah, but like, yeah, exactly. It's it's anyone on the floor the basketball. in basketball, outside of really centers potentially, which you know we're seeing right. these generational yeah, talents come in. Uh, oh. <laughs> Sorry, hey, fucking, you can I have love generational him. talent, not be a generational player. Well, oh, I, yeah, no, I, but so, so uh, Dylan, is he? Is he? Would you pay him top five batting money right now? Just, just batting, top ten at most. I'd, I'd probably, uh, honestly, if I'm a team, I, I think he's more valuable as a pitcher first and foremost. Ah, goddamn, really? Ooh. I mean, there's a I lot of there's a lot of teams that I, can I, use I, ace. I wasn't expecting. Then, I feel, yeah, uh, no, I agree. <laughs> But like but you can you can put together you could put together his, does his a, is his bat more valuable uh, than Tatis uh, Machado or Soto right now, yeah. the guys on the podcast well, maybe not Soto oh, maybe not maybe Soto, not, not Soto. Uh, Machado oh, Tatis his but, bat his bat commands more Soto's eye is what commands him as much money a combined yeah, I mean, with his bat I mean sure I mean, Tatis not a that slouch. All. No, no, no one's a fucking slouch in that, I mean, <laughs> that group. Yeah. Of shit on, like, oh, I know, I know. I, I was just like talking. I like walked the hit, but, more but so, you rather can, than yeah. just you can sign enough bats to get you points. Now, hang on for a second. The points, Guardians God, and fucking runs. Shut the fuck every, up. Every episode, let's hear Dylan <laughs> call runs points. Uh, you can That's you can sign cheap runs. I mean, without just having a slam it out of the park batter. If you look at the Guardians, I know how much we all like to hate on the Guardians, but Their they do this. Sucks ass. They don't have so they don't have a home run threat, but up until this year they were able to still they were able to still score runs and, you know, be successful without home run threats. Because they developed for pitching. like four years, for the, like the, four the years. The Guardians have been a pitching franchise, dude, this whole time and their offense has, I mean, yes, they have scraped together some like Above expectation performance seasons offensively, but I mean, the and that, seeing that's it, just the I feel like right you can, now you can they put can't score at all. bats together. I think I think he's much more well, valuable to all the teams that are interested in him. I think he's more valuable as a pitcher right now. Sure, I mean, I think he's I, much I like I, the Reds I, is, is I, a I prime will, place for no, the land, I, and they need a pitcher a lot more than they need a batter right now. 
I I agree with the point that maybe his signing would his more impact would be pitching, but his bat is gonna be better than anyone else you have in the roster as well. I I, I agree with the sentiment of your take. It, it just it came across a little. I'm not, higher, I'm not I'm not paying Orioles are another one. I'm like, not paying yeah, Shohei Orioles... if I just need another bat. I'm paying Shohei if I need a pitcher. <laughs> But you probably could. I, I, I see. I see where the value. I see where the valuation. I think. I think. I see where the valuation is in that statement. That was not the fucking hot. I thing. think. I think the batting. Is, well, oh, absolutely not. No, I just can't. <laughs> the valuation. I absolutely of saying I'm signing him more, hoping he's a better pitcher for me than he is a better batter. I agree with that. Oh, but I'm not signing a, him in the first a, place. A, if you listen to the take. <laughs> no, I know, I, but I, I agree with that sentence, uh, sentiment of uh, of wanting a, him to be pit, a good pitcher. I think the teams that need him more lack in pitching versus bat. The Yankees are at like the one reverse trend there, where they would need him more so for batting than pitching. But yeah, as I said, like the fucking Padres, Orioles, Blue Jays, Rangers are well, sort the Blue of fifty-fifty. Pitcher. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. No, I, I'm listing teams that can, pounds. I'm listing the teams that I would say, yeah, pitcher would be the number one priority. Yeah, so Padres, Orioles, big pants uh, to fill. Yankee, uh, not the Yankees. Sorry, Blue Jays, big ERA to Ranger, fill. Rangers is fifty fifty. Strohs, you could go fifty fifty. Uh, Mariners, you need him more as a bat. I feel I, like I don't think the Strohs have the pitching. money to no. no oh no, I'm just saying of teams that should actively pursue him. Braves need the pitching more. Phillies need the pitching more. Reds need the pitching more. Cardinals should fucking need the pitching more. Cubs, it's 50 50. Listen, the, the Astros um, aren't interested. Diamondbacks in him. need the pitching come, more. He didn't come from Dodgers some village 50, in a Latin American country. The Astros aren't interested. Hey, man. I, no, I, I agree with the, the back end <laughs> sentiment of where we got there. All righty. Uh, so hey, for Sam, pitching. you know, we're running kind of long. You want to talk about the NBA draft? So we can take yeah. the, so we can take some of the heat off of me for being a dumbass and like having yeah, brain hey, little, dead little. hot takes. It's not so fucking easy, is it? Every week, yeah. huh, Colin? No, I'm, I'm sure it's not. <laughs> I, hey, my second that. round was much better than the first. There's a learning curve. Yeah, yeah. So yeah you do in round thirty. But uh, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll dive us into the draft. I don't think we're going to probably <laughs> spend too much time on it, given where we're currently at in the episode, and about half of them are over by this point. Um, but it was it was a fairly interesting one. I mean, a little predictable up at the top, I guess, with Wembenyama, and then Brandon Miller was kind of expected to the Hornets until Sharania did that whole tweet fiasco that people have been calling uh, shit on the conflict of interest with the betting site that he is technically employed by. Um, I get it, but fuck him. Yeah, I mean, the tough shit. That's what you get for betting on on draft picks based on a fucking tweet by a paid mouthpiece. I mean, especially in the last concerned. three days, man. Uh, a lot of that shit set early. Yeah, it's straight. Yeah, and it's straight like straight smoke. I mean, he he could be he could have a legitimate source, and the source was just using him to fuck around for whatever reason. Um, the just going down the list a little bit. So you know, it's Scoot Henderson to the Blazers, weird situation. Damian Lillard still in limbo there. They got another point guard. He's the right pick there, but it's like, what, what the fuck are the Blazers doing? We'll find out. Um, Rockets getting uh, Amen Thompson, I think, makes a lot of sense for them. Worked out pretty well for them. Um, 
Like they have needed a point guard. They maybe will start to look a little more, more coherent this year. They have been trying to gaslight people into believing that Kevin Porter Jr. is just magically a point guard he's, since picking his his bum ass malcontent ass up from Cleveland a couple of years ago. He's not, so their offense has been a disaster. They has, now have a this, guy who can. Has this draft legitimized overtime elite? Uh, no, dude. No, these two guys will, but yeah, like, I mean, to me, the, the Thompson twins can legitimize the Thompson twins. Overtime elite is just is what it is. I mean, you can either go there and be good, or you can go there and suck, but you're going to do it on your own merit. Um, other, other notable shit, uh, fucking... We were both sitting here pounding the table for Grady Dick to go to the Thunder. He actually fell far enough for that to be plausible. The Thunder went with uh, Cason Wallace from Kentucky, which the fit to me doesn't just make a ton of sense immediately. He is a good player. I've read a lot of good things about him since then. Um, I, I think he's going to be fun to watch, easy to root for, all that stuff. But it bums me out because they need shooting, and I wanted my boy Grady to go there. It was a match made in heaven, and it just didn't come to be. The Magic took Jet Howard at 11 with Grady still on the board, which made no sense to me, and I was relieved to see like a lot of the prevailing opinion was pretty much the same because it's like, why are you... Basically, if you, if you wanted a wing shooter, you're taking the one who just does way less on the with the rest of his game than Grady does. Uh, I, Howard was projected you know, a good handful of spots like worse than Grady on the big board. Yeah, he was 19 uh, projected. Yeah, and Grady was like fringe top 10 kind of guy pretty much the whole process uh Derek Lively to the Mavs made a lot of sense they've been looking for like an athletic alley-oop uh flushing rim running defensive center uh, pretty much for fucking years next to Luca and haven't had one uh him having a lob threat I think is going to make their offense a lot more coherent um in the, in the next couple of years I think good chance we see them back in the playoffs although we'll see kind of what they do with the rest of their offseason free agency i should mention starts tomorrow night 5 p.m our time um and you're gonna see deals start breaking at 5 p.m in two seconds just like the bulls like to do probably a couple tampering uh <laughs> violations to <laughs> be broken in the future if um, i'm the Suns, do i tamper because they can't do anything <laughs> might as well what picks are you gonna take motherfuckers we'll just pay a fine fuck you <laughs> uh-huh, whatever I ain't gonna, I'll be fired by then anyway you know <laughs> that's what the bulls are doing man the fucking Arturis Karnishevis is like hey let's trade our 26 and 27 second rounders to get a second rounder this year so we can pretend we improved the team a little bit and then we're not gonna fucking play them and now we're not gonna have second rounders in a couple years and when the, hopefully those dipshits will be fired by then and it's the next fucking GM's problem um, trying to think who else was notable as far as guys we knew from college. Jaime Jaquez to the Heat at 18. I'm not sure he was projected that high. That's an interesting one. I kind of like it culturally. I feel like Jimmy Butler will appreciate Jaime's uh, aesthetic. Um, and not much else. I, let's see. Julian Strother to the Nuggets I really liked. Uh, damn good wing role player. I think Jokic is going to make him look good. Um, Julian Cam Phillips. falling was like the story of the night, I feel like. Yeah, I guess so. I just was never like honestly that educated on him, admittedly, for how highly he was he was mocked. And now Houston got him. I mean, if he pans out to his level of hype, then I mean that's the steal of the fucking night by a long shot. Getting him at twenty, he was projected, you know, maybe fifth, sixth, seventh, something like that. He might he uh, might pair nicely with a washed up James Harden. Uh, making his return. <laughs> I don't know if you you obviously haven't been following, but uh, allegedly the Rockets are out of the running on James Harden. 
Okay. And he actually just uh, he he opted in technically. He accepted his player option to stay in Philly today, but supposedly they are working on a trade to get him out of Philly. So he's not really staying there, but he is not hitting free agency either. He is just going to have his uh, his daddy Daryl Morey take care of him for like the fourth fucking time in his career. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, Amani Bates uh, to the Cavs at forty nine. That's a guy who used to be super duper hyped. Uh, kind of earned his way off of that hype. Uh, pretty good like, value pick there, I guess. Was um, he top three high school? I think he, he was. He, I think he was number one. If not one. His, that's why I thought I just. It, he might have been in the same high school class as Chet. I'm trying to remember because he fucked himself. You know, and went from. This is his second year of college. I think he was, and he might have been number two in high school to Chet, but they were basically 1A, 1B, and Chet actually went and, like, had his head out of his ass and played good in college while Imani Bates did the opposite of that. Um, Thunder got Keontae Johnson, who, I, you know, we're going to eventually zero in on forcing Colin to remember uh, his, his first and last name and whether or not he nearly died on the court. Colin loves hey, confusing him and Keontae I got George. One of those t- I got one of those two down. I'm pretty which sure is, uh, uh, he's the one that Colin is Keontae Confuser one of these episodes. <laughs> uh, it's true. I I do I can confidently now tell you by the end of the uh, college basketball season I could tell you which one tried to die. The <laughs> last names that? it was it was now the Thunder player. Named? But it's Keontae Johnson. I'm fucking looking at it. But, no, the last names, they're both pretty generic. It, it is what it is. Now that they're not in the same fucking college conference and one plays for the Thunder, I think I'll get it down. There's a yeah. bit of difference oh. now versus them being on two teams Colin that I was moderately paying attention Colin to. Colin think all Keontes are the same? That is his He's got a similar did. situation to you and your uh, wide receiver mix-ups. But uh, the the only other I just thing mispronounce I, I names. Come on, I, I, and I mispronounce words. And you I'm talking about mixing up uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams. But that's uh, because I read an article that day it's about of the dreads. I know, I know. It's no, it's because I was reading. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, Twitter article, right? No, no. Your off of Twitter. I, I I basically use Twitter to. To check up on Colin to make sure he's not uh, retweeting like Kyrie Irving or something on the on the three playing well, sports not account. Happen, man. Oh, that dude, fun, funny ass tweet about fucking I'm Kyrie. Sure, it's hilarious. <laughs> Someone tweet. Well, no, he, he was like interested in going to the Suns, and it was uh, so now he believes in the Suns rotation. <laughs> it was yeah, pretty it was, damn good. Mina Cubs retweeted it, which I did appreciate, just from. Uh, the stature of where she is at, I feel like ESPN people would push back about that. Friend of the pod, Mina Kimes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think she was uh, at one point unofficially in the running for the uh, Nebraska football coaching job because she said nice things about the state one time. Yeah, she is. A, she is a fan. Yeah, it doesn't take uh, much. She she I will fucking give her, her her laurels real quick. She is one of the few good things at ESPN right now. And that's a fact. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. Uh, We're not talking about betting this week. Uh, I'll just sum it up. Uh, You guys are probably doing okay. I've lost my ass on baseball. Uh, Oh, no. I've not been doing great. I don't think I've put a bet down down since the whenever the Heat 
played the Celtics in Game 7 and won that, and that saved my ass for my previous about month's worth of absolute dog shit, because I bet extra heavy on it, had a good feeling, and I've been coasting because I suck at betting baseball, and I'm just sitting here gearing up so hard for football season. Dude, I've been doing fucking mock drafts, man, of oh, our, uh, our keeper league, with Jesus. all the shit filled in, who everybody's keeping, all the trades put in place, you guys are fucked, I'm just letting you know. Fuck. <laughs> Duh. Mock draft, and then uh, it just I'm takes somebody to like fuck up Sam's your second your second round. No, Sam has I not made a bet since May twenty ninth. Wow! Hey, one one month sober, boys. <laughs> where's, wow. where's my chip? Hey, hey. Meanwhile, I'm about to go to fucking Vegas. Remember, quitters <laughs> never win, Sam. Yeah. Hey, he's, he's Biden. Right. We'll give him credit. He's Biden this time. You're never, you're uh-huh. never gonna find those diamonds. Hey. Hey, hey, I'm gonna Discovery... be back with vengeance with my fucking pickaxe come September. It's, it's on. Hey, Discovery has off season for their gold rush shows. Oh my god! They don't have them in the winter. Sam's the opposite. No, they Summer have Ice Man Road East. Truckers, which is a much better TV program. Do they still have Ice Road uh, Truckers? I don't know. They used to, and it was much better than I don't Rush. think they do. But I, only... I can tell you that there are so many offshoots of the Gold Rush fucking show. That my HBO, or sorry, it's not HBO Max. My Max, uh, because I watched Naked and Afraid. Uh, wow, to get how brave of you like to admit this. on the podcast, <laughs> dude. Naked and Afraid. Sam's a big Survivor guy. Naked and Afraid XL is is Survivor or, without the like, challenges. The XL part actual surviving. No, it's not. Are they, are they morbidly what, obese? The no, XL. that's what trick. That's what tricked me into watching it in the first place, and it is such a fucking good show, man. How, how yeah, I thought the same about the XL, that it was just... Oh, no, it was No, that was, on the, that, was on the weather, that was on the Weather Channel. They had a show called Fat Guy in the Woods, which was like, <laughs> which was like four fat guys who had to, had to survive in the woods for like a weekend or something. But I, I yeah, will no, 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 no. Les Stroud, Survivor Hulu. Man, is forever the best. All of his stuff is now on. He, he owns all of his own shit. It's all now on YouTube for free. Nobody can top Survivor Man. Yeah, no. When I turned on Naked and Afraid XL the first time ever, which was in college, um, I was ex- I thought it was gonna be fucking hilarious. It was not what it was, and it was the XL did not do what you thought it was gonna be. Um, but it's a damn good show. I highly recommend it. Absolutely. It's on Max, Sam, so your Leech account can uh, tune in to make your own opinion on this at some point. Yeah, I'm probably going to pass, but I do appreciate the, the put on. All righty. Any last words, gentlemen? Nothing Fuck for me. the U.S. Men's National Team like Soccer Federation. Fuck Greg Berhalter. All righty. Uh, Ghost Stros, they won 14-0 to zero against the Cards today. Fuck them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They need pitching, man. Yeah. Uh, and that will conclude our garbage sports opinions for tonight. Go check out our Twitter at 3PlanesSB. That's at the number 3, P L A I N S S B, to keep up with our sports betting adventures and spreadsheet. And keep an eye out for future episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever the hell else you get your podcasts from. And remember, Trent Dilfer has the same number of Super Bowl rings as Aaron Rodgers. We're out of here. <laughs> <laughs>